When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. Free speech is under assault like never before. Freedom is under attack more now than ever before. Because radical doesn't mean crazy. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. With the help of the media, big tech, and the global elite, the left is attempting to seize control of my generation. It's time to fight back. It's time to let freedom ring. Hello. Happy Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. We have a little bit more weight on than we would like to admit. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Apparently, that's very controversial. Today, we're going to talk about constitutional carry in general, states in general, where where constitutional carry is allowed, how it has affected those states' crime rates. We'll get into a city in the state of Georgia. Uh, I'm obviously recording this on Tuesday. Um, I'm recording this on Tuesday. That way, uh, you guys have content whenever I am out of town. Um, So, let's talk about it. So, what did the founding fathers mean when they said it? Now, I'm going to pull out my, my trusty, dusty vaccine passport given to me by Mark K., my friend Mark K. at the Mark K. Show. That is the Constitution of the United States. So constitutional carry means that the state's law does not prohibit citizens who can legally possess a firearm, but that, we'll get back into that later, from carrying handguns openly or concealed, and no permit is required. Sometimes constitutional carry may be conditional, such as in those states have no laws prohibiting the open carry of a handgun, but which require a permit to carry the handgun concealed. Now, permitless carry includes constitutional carry states as well, where an individual must meet certain qualifications, uh, no DUIs, in order to legally carry. That's in Tennessee. Some states are fully unrestricted, meaning no permit is required for an open or concealed carry. Others allow the open carry of a firearm or handgun, without a permit, but require a permit for concealment. So, what states have permitless or concealed carry? Now, one state has permitless carry for residents only, and that's North Dakota. But the following states have constitutional carry, meaning you don't need a permit. And that is Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire. That is... West Virginia, Kentucky, Tennessee, 
Arkansas, Missouri, Iowa, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, South Dakota, North Dakota, which we just talked about, Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, Utah, Arizona, and Alaska. These states have no requirement to get a handgun and this or to carry a, to carry a weapon. Now, why do so many people on the right push for this? A lot of people want a constitutional carry amendment. I'm one of those. Because I don't know if you know this, but Joe Biden is not a big fan of you carrying what guns you want to carry. So why don't we have it? Constitutional carry, I believe, is a fundamental right to Americans in this country. Let's look at a little city, well, it used to be a little city, out right outside of Atlanta, Georgia, my home state, this great state of Georgia, go dogs. And what happened after this city required people to own a weapon? Now, back in the 80s, there were some crime problems. And when it comes to America's response on that gun crime, this Georgia town had been thinking, thought outside of the box. And its readers, or in its leaders, passed a law requiring citizens to own guns. Kennesaw, Georgia law states that, quote, every head of household residing in the city limits is required to maintain a firearm, according to CNN, and was reportedly passed as a deterrent to crime. It is meant to be a kind of crime deterrent, Kennesaw Police Lieutenant Craig Graydon, a 30-year law enforcement veteran, told CNN. It was a more, also more or less a political statement because the city of Morton Grove, Illinois, passed a city ordinance banning handguns from their city limits. As for would-be criminals thinking for an easy mark, judging by the crime statistics, it seems most have bypassed this Georgia town and moved on to easier targets. Even CNN was forced to admit that Kennesaw, populated by 33,000, had only had one murder in the last six years and a violent crime rate below 2%. But, writes CNN, it's unclear whether this has anything to do with it. The mayor of Kennesaw sees it differently. He said, if you're going to commit a crime in Kennesaw and you're the criminal, are you going to take the chance that the homeowner is a law-abiding citizen? Asked Mayor Derek Easterling. It gives me the ability to protect myself as opposed to being somewhere where you aren't allowed to have a firearm or where it is frowned upon, said Wayne Arnold, who is a local resident who is a fan of the law. With the gun issue being in the spotlight of late, town officials have been getting plenty of attention from all over the world about their law. We get a lot of calls, conversation, and it seems to keep the con- crime control, gun safety things like that like that, on the minds of many residents because people are constantly talking about the gun law. So that's been somewhat beneficial to us, Lieutenant Graydon told CNN. Arnold noted that the expe- expectation of the Wild West environment in which everyone is walking around with a firearm strapped to their side, it's not like that. It's strictly home defense system type of a deal. There's no shootouts going on on the street. So it's, it's clear. Let me ask you a question. Let's say you're a criminal, right? Let's say you are a violent criminal. Would you want to own a handgun? I'm sorry. Would you want to commit crimes against somebody who, if they're following the law, own a handgun? Time after time after time, we see people starting to wonder why their leaders aren't passing it, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. There's also a landmark Supreme Court decision that could be coming up here momentarily, which we'll also get into, and we'll talk about that in depth. But I want you to think for a second. 
Again, I'm a big fan of the Second Amendment, as I think you are as well. Unless you're one of the liberals who listen to me, which is, you know, more power to you. I, w- I, wouldn't, be able to, I'd, I wouldn't be able to listen to myself. But in the day and age of the radical left having control of our entire government, isn't this something that we should do? Shouldn't these states do it? Now, I remember way back in 2014, my sheriff put out a post saying that he would not, him and the rest of the Camden County law enforcement agencies would not be okay and they would not enforce any, if at all, any violations of what he saw as the Second Amendment. My sheriff's a very smart man and he knows his job is to protect the citizens of Camden, not only not only from crime, but also from people who seek to take our rights away. He's a constitutional officer, meaning he swore an oath to the Constitution of the state of Georgia and of the United States. So big, big, big shout out to Sheriff Jim Proctor. And I've heard he listens to the show. So if you're there, Jim Proctor, keep up the good work. I asked this question to you. Do you feel more safe when you own a firearm, when you have a firearm, point in case, my girlfriend and I, she had never really been shooting. We went, um, we went the other day, or sorry, this is a while ago. And on the way back, we stopped and granted it was on a sketchy part of town and it was, uh, it was probably about a year ago. And, uh, so the time had already changed. And so she stayed in the car and I went in to pump or to pay for the gas before I pumped it. And, uh, some sketchy guy who was probably on drugs, started trying to talk to her and everything like that. After the first time I taught her how to use a handgun. Keep in mind, my girlfriend is not necessarily the most conservative person in the world. She's not that liberal. She's not that, you know, she's not, she's apolitical as most people in the country are. And I, I'm jealous of them. But even she said, and even since in some instances that we've had where, you know, maybe we're not in the best situation in terms of where we are at what time of night, Even she has started to say that she can see why people, including myself, think that you should have the right to own and carry a firearm wherever you are to keep it safe. People should have the right to carry not only, and here's the thing, the Second Amendment was written to make sure that you and I don't uh, get hurt by people Uh, seeking to do us harm, but the Constitution was also written in order to keep us safe from a tyrannical government. It's kind of ironic that a tyrannical government, that is the government of Joe Biden, is trying to take our rights away. I need you to head over to built.com. That's B-U-I-L-T dot com. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. These last couple of months, I have been working out more than I can tell you. I've been trying to get my beach body ready that way I can look good on the beach next year or just in general and I think you and I could always benefit from more protein that is why I was ecstatic when built.com reached out to me and offered to sponsor this show they sent me a bunch of free merchandise and a bunch of free protein bars and I must tell you even though they were free which is my favorite type of protein bar they were delicious they all I eat even if they quit sponsoring the show They will be all that I eat. My favorite bar is probably the double chocolate. However, the coconut marshmallow is a new bar. Delicious. Blueberry muffin, delicious. Mint brownie, delicious. 
So I need you to head on over to built.com. And when you do, you're going to need to put in the code let freedom ring. That's L E T F R E E D O M R I N G dot com. When you do that, you will get 12% off your order. Again, built.com, B U I L T.com, promo code let freedom ring. They're a good company that definitely all of this stuff is stuff that I would recommend to my friends and family. In fact, I do. So make sure you go over and give them a try. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Now, speaking of the Supreme Court, the the first court case of the modern cycle, of the modern years of the Roberts Court, that had to do with the Second Amendment was a case called D.C. versus Heller. The provisions of the District of Columbia Code made it illegal to carry an unregistered firearm and prohibited the registration of handguns through the chief of police could, though the chief of police could issue one-year licenses for handguns. The code also contained provisions that required owners of lawfully registered firearms to keep them unloaded and disassembled or bound by a trigger lock or other similar devices unless the firearms are located in a place of business or being used for legal recreational activities. Well, you start to see, you start to run into an issue where, oh, okay, hold on, hold on, Mr. Burg, ho, 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 Mr. Burglar, you hold on there for a minute. Let me put my gun back together. All right, you, you give me 45? Yeah, yeah, you give me 45 seconds? All right, what's the point? So then Dick Anthony Heller, D.C., uh, was a D.C. special police officer who was authorized to carry a handgun while on duty. He applied for a one-year license for a handgun he wished to keep at his home, but his application was denied. Heller then sued the District of Columbia. He sought an injunction against the enforcement of the relevant parts of the code and argued that they violated his Second Amendment rights to keep a functional firearm in his home without a license. The D.C. court dismissed the complaint. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia reversed and held that the Second Amendment protects the rights to keep firearms in the home for the purpose of self-defense. And the District of Columbia requirement that firearms be kept in the home be non-functional violated that right. So it brought up this question. Do the provisions of the District of Columbia Code that restrict the licensing of handguns and require licenses, licensed firearms kept in the home be kept non-functional violate the Second Amendment? The court said no. The ban on registering handguns and the requirement to keep guns in the home disassembled or non-functional with a trigger lock mechanism violated the Second Amendment. Justice Anthony Scalia delivered the opinion in God I Miss Him for the 5-4, one vote away majority. The court held that the first clause of the Second Amendment that references a militia is a prefatory clause that does not limit the operative clause of the amendment. Additionally, the term militia should not be confined to those serving in the military because at the time it referred to all able-bodied men who are capable of being called to such service. To read the amendment as limiting the right to bear arms only to those in a governed military force would be to create exactly the type of state sponsored force against which the amendment was pr- was meant to protect people because the text of the amendment should be read in the manner in which it was written. The operative clause should be read to quote guarantee an individual right to possess and carry weapons in a case of confrontation. This readership, this reading is also in line with legal writing of the time and subsequent scholarship. 
Therefore, banning handguns, an entire class of arms that is commonly used for protection purposes and prohibiting firearms from being kept functional in the homes, the area traditionally in need of protection violates the Second Amendment. Now let's get into the dissent. In his dissent, Justice John Paul Stevens, a radical leftist, wrote that the Second Amendment does not create an unlimited right to possess guns for self-defense purposes. Instead, the most natural reading of the amendment is that it protects the right to keep and bear arms for certain military purposes, but does not curtail the legislature's power to regulate non-military use and ownership of weapons. Stevens argued that the amendment states its purpose specifically in relation to state militias and does not address the right to use firearms in self-defense which is particularly striking in light of the similar state provisions from the time that do so. Justice Stevens also notes that people that quote, the people does not enlarge the protected group beyond the context of service in a state regulated militia. This reading is in line with legal writing of the time that contextualizes the amendment in relation to state militias and post enactment legislative history. Justices David Salter, R. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and Breyer joined in the dissent. Justice Breyer also wrote a separate dissent in which he argued the Second Amendment protects militia-related, not self-defense-related interests, and it does not provide an absolute protection from the government intervention in these interests. Historical evidence from the time of the ratification indicates that by colonial laws regulated the storage and use of firearms in the home. Breyer argued that the court should adopt an interest balancing test to determine whether the government interests were sufficiently weighty or justify that proposed regulation. In this case, because the interest balancing turns on the type of analysis that the legislature, not the court, is best positioned to make, the court should defer to the legislature and hold, uphold the restrictions. Stevens, Souter, and Ginsburg joined their consent. So they didn't want people even, they didn't even want a off-duty police officer to be able to carry a gun. That's not what, they didn't want that at all. So what happens? What happens now? So the New York Times has this over. Justices are now going to question a New York gun control law that is unlikely to survive. It is unlikely to survive. Here in the past, back in uh, around, I think it was uh, I think it was July of 2021, the federal courts said that dealers can sell handguns to 18-year-olds. A federal law that for more than 50 years banned licensed firearm dealers from selling handguns to young adults between 18 and 21 is unconstitutional. A federal appeals court ruled Tuesday. In a 2-1 opinion, the 4th U.S. Circuit of Appeals in Richmond overturned a lower court ruling upholding the law. Judge Julius Richardson, a Trump appointee, wrote that the right to bear arms is a, quote, cherished constitutional right that vests at the age of 18, we refuse to relegate either the Second Amendment to 18 to 20-year-olds to a second-class status. It is unclear whether that ruling would have any immediate impact. A different appeals court, the Fifth Circuit, ruled in the opposite manner of the issue several years ago. Also, the Bureau of ATF, which is named as the defendant in the lawsuit, could seek an appeal before the full Fourth Circuit uh, panel. The three-judge panel that ruled Tuesday had a 2-1 majority of GOP-appointed justices, but the Fourth Circuit has a narrow majority of Democratic-appointed justices. So that leads us to what is going in front of the court. What is going in front of the court? There is a law in which New York does not issue, you have to provide a special, a special reason to carry a handgun outside of the home. 
So there was a law before the court, or there was a case before the court in which could basically set the stage for constitutional carry because it shows that you shouldn't have to show an undue burden to, to receive a firearm. This case very well could be what turns the tide of the Second Amendment in this country. Because why do people like you and I want to own guns? Well, it's not because we're rednecks, and it's not because we want to be able to get in duels in the street like we're Alexander Hamilton. It's because we want to defend ourselves. It's because we want to defend our neighborhoods. It's because we want to defend our communities, our countries, our states from people who seek to do harm. I like to believe that most people are good people, but the people who are not good people are not good people. We shouldn't regulate and we shouldn't legislate from an idea that everyone is ultimately good, even though we wish to hope they are. So I think this age-old law that 18-year-olds can't own handguns, this age-old law that you can't protect yourself and your community, you can't get a concealed carry permit, it's absolutely asinine. It's absolutely asinine. And I hope that the Supreme Court rules on our side, which I think they will. They had a 5-4 majority then, and there's a 6-3 majority now. So I hope we will win this case. If you're like me, you're super busy all the time. That's why my friends over at The Conservative Briefing have started their very own newsletter, and it's quickly becoming one of the top newsletters in the country. So when you subscribe every morning, right to your email box, you're going to get a list of about uh, 5, 10, maybe even 15 stories, maybe not quite that high, of to let you know what's going on, to sum up the day for you, to sum up the day before, what's going to happen today, is there going to be a vote, what is going on. So make sure you go over to the conservative briefing. Com. Many of the stories they put in there I actually use in my shows. You've probably heard them a time or two. That's probably because I partly own the company. So make sure you go over to theconservativebriefing.com. They host this podcast for us. It's great, great show. Uh, it's a great newsletter to read every single morning. I read it every single morning. Go to theconservativebriefing.com. So that leads me to my home state, the great state of Georgia in which our governor is a proponent of constitutional carry. Just a moment, I'm going to play a clip of him from 2018 in support of constitutional carry. So the reason why I'm pushing so heavily to get constitutional carry done this next concert, this next special session is it very well could be the time it very well could be the last time in a while in which Georgians have Republican state house state Senate and um, and a governor and a lieutenant governor it very well could be the last time for a while so here's the here's his famous um, famous ad from uh, the 2018 campaign watch just kidding I didn't have it plugged in just bear with me. I promise I know what I'm doing. Watch. Well, a lot of you have been emailing us very upset over a new political ad. Take a look. I'm Brian Kemp. This is Jake, young man interested in one of my daughters. Yes, sir. Well, this is the new ad for Brian Kemp's gubernatorial campaign debuting just weeks ahead of Georgia's primary election. 
You can see Kent poning a gun and quizzing Jake, a young man who wants to date one of his daughters. Driving home, Kemp's strong stance on gun rights. Oh no, he held a gun that was unloaded, very clearly unloaded, as a joke. Now here's the full ad. I'm Brian Kemp. This is Jake, young man interested in one of my daughters. Yes, sir. Jake asked why I was running for governor. I said one. Cap government spending. Two. Take a chainsaw to regulations. Three. Make Georgia number one for small business. And two things if you're going to date one of my daughters. Respect. And? A healthy appreciation for the Second Amendment, sir. We're going to get along just fine. Brian Kemp for governor. Very clearly a joke. Very clearly, um, you know, obviously a joke undermining that, you know, he wanted to cut small, whatever. Here's him from early on in 2019. All right, still in the public safety category here. Constitutional carry has gotten a lot of press lately. Uh, what are your views on that and that, that one bill that's been proposed that might allow Georgians to not have to have a permit? Well, I haven't, you know, I'm not really commenting on, there's all kinds of pieces of legislation that are in. Uh, there's other folks that are working on different things and we'll continue to work with everybody. I mean, I'm on, you know, I've said and I will continue to be a strong supporter of the Second Amendment. I hunt and I shoot and I carry and I won't just support, but I'll, I'll advocate. And we'll see what the, the legislature wants to roll out this year. But my, my positions from the campaign have not changed. Okay, so he clearly says that he has, he has not changed. And this is what brings it into it. Keep in mind, this is not an attack on Brian Kemp at all. I've known Brian for a number of years. Uh, Brian and I are friendly. I wouldn't say we're friends. We're friendly. So there is a bill introduced by Timothy Barr, who's running for Congress and who is... We, we could do an entire episode on him. Uh, Representative Barr, Representative Cantrell, Representative Heath Clark, Emery Donahue, Philip Singleton, and Steve Tarvin. The bill is an act to amend Article 1 of Chapter 3, Title 12 of the Official Code of Georgia Annotated re relating to the general provisions regarding parks, historic areas, memorials, recreation, so as to advise provisions of law regarding the use of pos or possession of any handgun in a park, historical site, or recreational area to amend Part 3, of Article 4 of Chapter 1, the official code of Georgia annotated relating to the parking for persons with disabilities so as to revise certain laws regarding the carrying of firearms to provide a, for a short title, to provide legislative findings, to provide for related matters, to provide for an effective date, to repeal conflicting laws, and for other purposes. So we have a potential bill. That could do it. Now, Section 2 states the Georgia General Assembly finds that our founding fathers in the unanimous declaration of independence of the 13 United States of America acknowledge that the purpose of a civil government is to secure God-given rights. As such, civil governments are to punish the criminal acts that deprive their citizens of their God-given rights to life, liberty, and property. The mere potential to deprive somebody of life, liberty, or property should never be considered a crime in a free and just society. Evil resides in the heart of the individual, not in the material objects. And since objects or instrumentalities in and of themselves are not dangerous or evil. In a free society, the civil government should not ban or restrict the, their possession to use. So they want to give the right of the people to carry arms, something I'm overwhelmingly for. Now, I plan on being at the state capitol next year to discuss my belief in this bill. And I will tell you, I, I'm reluctant to see its passage, and I'll tell you why. 
In the state of Georgia, there are some people who control politics. And there are some people who they don't want to give a political favor to. And there are some people who I think have good interests. And not one of those, none of those people have signed on to this bill so far. None of the leadership have signed on to the bill so far. In the, and I'm not confident that this will pass because in the last redistricting cycle, the GOP handed, handed about five or six state house seats and about two Senate seats to Democrats. A state that 53% of people who live in the state voted for Republicans in the state house or state Senate. But we handed, handed seats away. We used to have super majorities. We used to be able to do whatever the heck we wanted. And we're losing that. Because some people, and I'm not going to say any names, but some people are clasping on to this age-old idea that we should campaign on something and not act upon it. That we should campaign on getting rid of abortion, but not act upon it. That we should campaign on the rights of people to keep and bear arms, but not act upon it. That we should campaign on getting rid of of income tax in the state of Georgia, but not act on it. Now, I'm not going to say any names, and I'm not going to... uh, I'm not going to say any names at all right now. But I will tell you, I have a few people, a few representatives and senators in both sides of the aisle who have given me their, 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 their pledging to me that they will give me the names of the caucus members who don't plan on supporting this bill. They will give me the names of the reps and senators who do not plan on supporting this bill. And I will never tell, I don't care, it's not illegal, so I will never tell anybody who those representatives and senators who have pledged that idea to me are. I will tell you this. My plan is before that bill comes up to a vote, days before, releasing the list of people who do not support it. The list of Democrats aren't going to support it. The list of Republicans who do not support the measure. And you and I, hopefully, at least me, you and I, will be calling these offices left and right. Hey, Representative so-and-so, vote for this bill. Vote for this bill. Vote for this bill. See, there's some people who think that if we act upon what we, get, what, we, what we campaign on, if we govern on what we campaign on, we'll lose. I don't believe that. If people didn't like what we campaigned on, we wouldn't have won. And to the fat cats in Atlanta who are probably going to be emailing me shortly after this is out. I'm not elected. You can't sway my campaign. So I don't care. Constitutional carry will pass in the state of Georgia or I will personally fund the primary opponents of anybody who does, any Republican who does not vote for this act. And listen, if you are a Republican, and I know I'm going over time, but if you are a Republican in the state in the General Assembly, and you're listening to this, and you are listening to the show, and you are in one of those swing districts, and you're worried that you may lose if you do it, let me know. I will have your back. I'll come host fundraisers for you. I will 
I, I'm sure the people listening to this will donate to your campaign just to see this happen. I know uh, over at the Georgia Life Alliance, which is an organization that does a lot to raise money or does a lot to end up to end abortion and protect livelihood. They said they would have the backs of those who had the backs of them when it came to the heartbeat bill, when it came to all these bills. And not one of them lost. Not one of the people who they supported lost. Life is important. We'll be back right after this. Before we get to the ads, if there's ever anything you think I did bad, you think I did good, you just want to comment, make sure you email me, noah at noahring.org. When you email me, I hope it comes directly to my phone. There's nobody who will screen it before you send it. Go ahead and send it to noah at noahring.org. That could be a story. That could be a news clip, whatever you want it to be. Go ahead and follow me on social media as well at the Noah Ring on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Getter, Parlor, CloudHub, probably MySpace if you really want to look that hard because it's important that you follow me on all those because I do this show once a day, but I post on social media many too many, too many times a day. So go ahead and go over to the Conservative Brief, or sorry, follow me at the Noah Ring. Uh, my website, noahring.org, sign up for my newsletter, sign up for my Substack. Uh, that way I can bring the news directly to you. Okay. So we are going to, um, play a clip here in a moment about why we need constitutional carry within the state. But first we need to talk. Seven states, I had to make sure I was right, passed constitutional carry last cycle. Seven states. Bill Lee of Tennessee, Greg Abbott of Texas, passed constitutional carry. This is something that is overwhelmingly popular. If it wasn't popular, it wouldn't be asked at debates. We need constitutional carry. Now, I'm going to let my friends over the USCCA define this. This is Tim Schmidt at the USCCA. Hello, fellow responsibly armed Americans. My name is Tim Schmidt, a.k.a. Tactical, I'm sorry, Tactical Tim. And uh, today's, this week's video is going to be about a somewhat controversial topic, although I don't think it's controversial at all, but it's called constitutional carry. Um, I have my notes here, and the only notes, the notes simply say constitutional carry. So <laughs> I won't be needing the notes because I already, I already said it. Uh, before I dive into this, I do want to say one thing. Um, this is actually a very serious subject. So as, as you've probably recently noticed, Kevin Mikulowski and I are now doing weekly blog posts on the usconcealedcarry.com blog. And uh, uh, this hasn't been, you know, this is a relatively new thing, and it's important that uh, that, that my blog posts are better than his. Concealed Carry Magazine, he does, he does and blog. So, <laughs> let's dive into this. Constitutional carry. I'll start with the definition. Ultimately, the, the definition of constitutional carry is not needing any form of permission from any government to exercise your natural born right to defend yourself. More specifically, your natural born right to be able to carry a gun to defend your loved ones, your family, even yourself. 
Like I said before, this is a little bit controversial, but I don't think it's controversial at all. I personally don't think that we should need a permission slip or a permission card or a little piece of paper that says, that says we can exercise any of our constitutional rights, right? I don't think I should have to have a, a little card that allows me to, to um, you know, speak freely or to talk about my government in, in ways that I don't agree with them, aka the First Amendment. I don't think I should have to have a, uh, a, a card that says that, uh, hey, look, I, I, according to this permission slip from the government, it is illegal for you to, um, uh, you know, to search my premises without a warrant. You know, I mean, those are two perfect examples that just go to show that the Second Amendment is the only uh, constitutional amendment that for some reason has been kind of harangued into this place where, where, where the citizens like us have to get permission from a state government to just carry a weapon. I think that's insane. So, you know, of course you hear uh, the, the, uh, some of the instructors will say, well, Tim, that's crazy. Then, then there's going to be no, no amount of training for, for people that carry guns. Well, honestly, I think that it actually has just the opposite effect in the sense that if you, if you put a list of all the 50 states and all of the training um, requirements of those 50, so actually 49 or whatever, I think it's 50 now because Illinois is almost about to do it, um, but all of the training requirements that they, that they have for concealed carry, Every single state is ridiculous. They have like four-hour classes. Some even don't, don't even require range time. And so what I think happens is that people get kind of hoodwinked into thinking that, well, hey, uh, I'm good enough to carry a concealed handgun because I took the four or six or eight hours of training. That's insane. We all know that it takes a lot more training to be a good, responsibly armed American. So there, there's another reason why I think constitutional carry is a, is a way to go. Uh, that's it for today. My name is Tim Schmidt, a.k.a. Tactical Tim. Take care and stay safe. Now, I'm going to, so that was over at the uh, USCCA. So I'm going to um, dispel a little bit, and then, you know, obviously I hope you're having a good Thanksgiving week. Um, even if constitutional carry is allowed, you should be, you should get training. You should. Look, I've been growing up, I've grown up around guns my entire life, and so maybe I don't, I could probably be, be a trainer. But if you have no idea, if you've never shot a gun or anything, like that, get training. Get absolutely get training. I'm, I'm never going to tell you not to get training. Always be trained. Always be, but also be trained on the laws in your state, the self defense laws in your state, and what allows it. Does your state have a castle doctor? Does your state have a duty to retreat? So that's important to know. You guys be blessed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.